0: in today's show. We look ahead to Saturday's action in the NBA, streaming options, and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're going to look ahead to Saturday's action, what to watch for in the game, some streaming options. But you know how we've been starting the show over the last couple of months. I throw it over to Warnie, he tells Gilly to get it on and we all laugh. As many of you know, uh, overnight, Warney died. Warney, if you don't know who that is, that is Shane Warne, who is literally the best cricket player that I've ever seen play. Um, had some yeah, had some detractors for sure with some of his off field antics. Uh people didn't like him in the commentary box, all that sort of stuff. But legitimately one of the best um if not the best cricketer, or definitely the best cricketer in my opinion, that I ever saw play. And uh yeah, last night, age fifty two, he um Passed away of a heart attack, which is, uh, which is not ideal, obviously, for him or for anybody involved. So, we'll do it. We'll drop the Gilly. Wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to drop the, the Gilly today, just because, you know, it feels weird. But, Warnie, what do you think? Let's get it on, Gilly! <laughs> ha ha. Sad times. All right. Let's look at the games. First one is the Kings and the Mavericks. Dante DiVincenzo, is really starting to, I think, establish himself as that shooting guard. He's not there yet, and he's not a must roster player by any means, because he has to really break the shackles of the Holiday, Lamb, Mitchell, triumvirate of terribleness. He has to get out of that. He has to play 31. He's getting 26, he's getting 27, those other blokes are getting pushed back. He's clearly, I think, the better option, especially for a team, as dumb as they are pushing for win now, like if you want to look for the future, it's him or Mitchell, and I think, he's, I think he's much better than Mitchell personally. So if they actually wanted to do the right thing by their fans and, and fan base, of course it's the king, so they don't. But if they did want to do the right thing, that he'd be the guy they'd prioritize. So we're really watching that situation closely, and I don't mind him as a stream option just to see if any of these nuts in that organization get their head on straight. We also want to watch Darren Fox, who really is putting up huge numbers. And when I had him really high at the start of the year, this is what I thought I'd get. I didn't think I'd get the guy who'd petulantly sulk because Tyrese Halliburton was better than him. I didn't think I'd get the guy that would forget how to shoot every shot in the book and would look completely disinterested at all times. But he got his way. Halliburton was traded, and now he's putting up big numbers as they continue to lose. So congratulations. You know you know, I have players who really get on my nerves. He's one of them at the moment. He's so he, Him, Jeremy Grant, who's less on my nerves now because he's playing a little bit better. But this bloke, right at the top of my shit list at the moment, really annoys me. But the numbers are really, really good. For the Mavericks, Spencer Dinwiddie looks great. Now, someone criticized Dinwiddie on Twitter. Saying, oh, uh, you bum ass, whatever, blah, blah, blah. yeah." Which is shit. You never do that to players. Saying, "Yeah, why can you do this in Washington? What's your problem? Why did you hate us?" Blah blah blah. And then he came back and he said, "Yeah, look, at the start of the season, I was seven months removed from an ACL tear, which is obviously ridiculously quickly." And he goes, "Now it's like fourteen months, which is not quite exactly right in terms of maths, but actually it's not far off. No, it is. It is, it is fourteen months." And he said, well, that's what's happened." Now that's fine, Spencer, but the first game you played in Dallas, you was shit house. The last game you played before the trade, you were terrible as well. So it's not just being 13 months, 14 months removed from an ACL injury. You were bad in Washington, and it wasn't just that. You didn't miraculously get healthy moving on to Dallas. But the situation's obviously much better for him. And he's putting up good numbers, and he should be on a 12-team roster. It's been a dramatic turnaround. Also want to watch Dorian Dorian Finney-Smith, who's getting a lot of minutes. The shooting can go up and down, and the overall upside's relatively low. But there's enough value there in Finney-Smith to be... Uh, to be a 12-team league player. Speaking of guys who have been house for all of their career but are playing well at the moment, the Spurs taking on the Hornets, Lonnie Walker on an absolute hot streak at the moment. Now, he does nothing apart from score. We all know that. But he's scoring in such large quantities and doing it relatively efficiently, well, actually efficiently, that there's there's value there. In a points league, sure, absolutely a 12-team league player. In a category league, he's a guy where you go, let's try it out while the hot streak's going. And then when he has the inevitable 10 points on 14 shots with one rebound you go all right thanks lonnie i'll see you later and we'll just forget forget this ever happened but for now he's playing well and with him playing well calden johnson was absolutely dreadful last game he played only 16 minutes now prior to that he'd been getting a ton of minutes and he'd been playing well i think we get somewhat of a bounce back from calden but he's the guy that again if the shot's not there what else is he doing he's not getting assists or steals or blocks He's not hitting free throws. He's not hitting threes. I mean, he hits them at a good percentage. He just doesn't do good volume on them. So he is quite a volatile fantasy player. For the Hornets, they are souring on Montrez Harrell, I guess would be a fair way of phrasing it. 23, 21, 25, and 17 minutes the last four games as Plumlee and Washington are taking that role. You know, Rightfully so, because Montrez Harrell is the guy that goes out to bully second units and score and be a complete negative in nearly every other area. And the Hornets aren't having it. Is he a drop? As as I am uh, want to say, it's not a bad move if you want to do it. Speaking of players, well, actually not speaking of because this guy's killing it. Terry Rogier is dominating. He's shooting the lights out. Last year, he took a gigantic step forward in his shooting and I was skeptical that you would maintain a 10 percentage point, two point percentage increase, which he did. And at the start of the year, he didn't do that. It dropped way back off, but it's back up. The shooting is efficient and now he's saying, oh, you know, don't worry about this. I'm going to average seven assists a game as well. I don't know where this is coming from, but he is dominating. A guy that I've changed my mind on a lot. He's been so impressive over this last two to three months, and let's just see whether he's going to be able to keep that going. BetOnline keeps it going because now that football's over, there's other things to focus on. That is basketball, pro, college hoops. BetOnline has everything that you need. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Sixers, Heat. Are we going to get DeAndre Jordan's first game for Philadelphia? Now, I write him here as something I want to watch because I want to see how terrible a decision it is to play him. Watch him come out and have nine rebounds in 18 minutes and people are going, do we add DeAndre Jordan? Joel Embiid handcuff? And I say, no, what are you talking about? But he will inevitably do that. He'll probably come out and look absolutely horrific out there. Um, But we know Doc Rivers loves the bloke. So let's see what happens, I guess. More, more just for the car crash potential. And I want to watch James Harden. Not because there's anything to do with dropping or adding or trading or anything. But can he be the number one guy for the rest of the season? I think it's possible. He's been really, really good. For the Miami Heat, Caleb Martin was excellent last game. Very, very good. Without Jimmy Butler, without Kyle Lowry, without PJ Tucker. I don't know if those guys are going to play in this game. So where does Martin fit? Where does Martin fit when Victor Oladipo returns? He's played some really good minutes lately. 29, 25, 20, and 37, Caleb. But that's, again, with a bunch of players out. Is it him? Is it Vincent? Is it Struess? Like, which guys miss out? Which guys get the minutes? How does it all work? If we have two of those three out, Lowry and Butler in particular, Martin's a 12-team league guy. I always want to watch Duncan Robinson, mainly so I can tell people to drop him again. I don't know why he is rostered in anywhere near as many leagues as he is. Over 50%. It makes no sense to me at all. And surely those people... Now, if you, are you listening to this podcast and you're in a 12-team league and you rostered Duncan Robinson? If you are, can you tell me why? Can you just drop it in the comments below? I reckon I've said it 100 times this year that he's a droppable player and you do not have to listen to anything that I say at all. You can listen and laugh. You don't have to take any of the advice that I suggest. But why are you holding him? I just like to know the rationale behind why I am just seeing this and being flabbergasted every time I see that he's rostered and people still holding him. Let me know. It makes no sense to me, but maybe there's something that I'm completely missing there. Let's go to the next one. It is the Trailblazers and the Timberwolves. Drew Eubanks has signed another 10-day. Hopefully, they give him rest-of-season value. He's starting. He is the guy, to me, at this point, over Trenton Watford. Although, Watford played 30 minutes last game in the blowout. Got all the garbage time minutes. But Eubanks is providing some back-end 12-team value. Can he keep that up? I don't know whether Josh... No, I don't know whether Justice Winslow is going to play. If Winslow misses this one, it's really hard to hold, given the Achilles saunas bullshit that plagued Brogdon that is... Um, fake plaguing Eric Bledsoe at the moment do they just sit him down for an extended period of time if Winslow's in here I'm pretty excited but Josh Hart he's last three games 27, 31 and 23 minutes they've all been absolute smackings the Blazers by the way have lost three games in a row by over 30 points or by at least 30 points yeah they uh, they saw those four games that they won prior to the trade deadline and said you guys you're joking we're not doing this what are you talking about and they've gone hard in the other direction but that's limiting Hart's value and if you're in a shallow format an eight-teamer, I'm not sure he's a hold. If if, if the minutes are going to be down like this, Simon's under 30 the last three as well. Really hard to get excited about that. For the Wolves, uh, Goose, Anthony Edwards. Now, the Wolves' next three games, they play the Thunder on Friday, the Blazers on Saturday, and the Blazers on Monday. Now, the Thunder's playing well, of course. But if there was ever a chance that you wanted to rest Edwards for an extended period of time, these three games would be it. I don't know whether Edwards is going to play on Saturday. I already know he's out on Friday. I don't know whether he's going to play on Saturday, but there's opportunities for both Jaden McDaniels, who will likely start, and for Malik Beasley, who played pretty well on Tuesday. On the other, on the yeah, the deeper formats, Jordan McLaughlin. Sorry, Jordan Jordan McLaughlin McLaughlin. Um played 29 minutes last game he was really good I don't think that's a realistic expectation but there is a real opportunity for him and for Beasley and for McDaniels to stick their noses into 12 team league areas the magic the Grizzlies Truma Akiki. has it not been good for chuma um hasn't the last couple of games have been bad 24 and 17 minutes. That has coincided with Markel Fultz's return. Now, it doesn't make any sense to me that he would impact him, but it's more that Mo bumba has gone over 30 in those two. If Bumba plays 30, is a Kiki going to be a drop? That, the direction's heading that way real quick. Now, prior to that, he'd gone 32, 29, and 31 minutes, and he was flying as a top 70 guy, top 60 guy. And now they've just said, all right, you're playing too well, maybe? We've got to drop your numbers? I, I don't know. It's weird. I want to watch Markel Fultz as well. Again, as I've said repeatedly, I don't think he's a 12-team league player. By the time we hit March 28th, maybe he is, but I don't think um, the hold up until then is worth the potential, maybe solid, decent, below average playoff. It's, I, I don't see it, but it's great that he's back. For the Grizzlies, Des Bain is struggling. We know this. I don't think it's anything to panic. We don't have to drop him. Dylan Brooks is probably returning next week, I would guess. But Bain, we want to see a little bit more out of him. While Kyle Anderson, big numbers recently. He, he was basically on the way out of the rotation. He played four games under 17 minutes. And then he went 29-24-24 and generating some pretty good numbers. Taking some minutes away from Zaire Williams. The John Conchai injury had helped. Um, Brandon Clark lost some playing time to Anderson. Are they going to go back in that direction? Kyle's not going to be a 12-team league player. But he is impacting other guys. The next game, which is the last game of the day, it is the Warriors and the Lakers. So saw an interesting stat. I don't know who it was that tweeted it out. But talking about how the Warriors were flying, with Draymond, even with Draymond out, they'd started Otto Porter, and they went like 8-1 and one or something in the nine games they started Otto Porter. And then Steve Kerr dicked around, and he started John Kaminga, and he started Gary Payton, and he limited Otto Porter, and they've been bad. Like, Otto Porter, while he's not flashy, is actually a really good and useful player. But starting these other guys who put up numbers, like Kaminga at times, or Peyton, who it provides defense, it hasn't worked. So what will they do? Will it be Peyton that starts again? I guess so. But I don't think he's a twelve team league player. There's just not enough upside there, steel streamer. I don't think Kaminga's the option. And what about what do they do with um Modi Moosey? When you look at Modi Muzi Modi Moose mo Muzi Mo'ody Muzi Muzi, 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 Muzi. Moody. Thanks, Perk, sorry. Uh Moses Moody, what do they do with him? Because he, he was great last game. I really, really like this bloke as a player. I don't think there's anywhere near enough minutes or production there for that to matter for most formats. But I like to see what he looks like. And for the Lakers, I want to avoid watching them as much as possible. Because at this point, it's just embarrassing, really. like it, it, Sometimes it's fun to dunk on the Lakers. Actually, nearly always it is. It's dunk, fun to dunk on incompetence. But at this point, it's it's embarrassing to watch them just get smacked repeatedly. They've lost... Six out of their last seven. Sorry, seven out of their last eight with that weird comeback win against the Jazz, the only victory. Two 20-point losses in their last three games. At least they're back to starting Malik Monk, who I think is a 12-team league player. But the roster is just bad. It's just really bad. Monk is a 12-team league guy, so let's see what he does. And Carmelo Anthony, I think, is a 12-team league player. But Dwight Howard, where are his minutes going to go? Stanley Johnson, where's he there? Talon Horton-Tuck has got an ankle sprain, didn't play last game, even though he was ruled active and probable before the game. I'd like to see a little bit of winning Gabriel, but I don't know what we're going to get from this team on a game-by-game basis. So we want to watch to see what can transpire. Maybe they need a box of built bars. Maybe I should send it directly to crypto.com arena. Is that what it's called? Because Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar ever. It feels like the Lakers are just eating your old standard protein bars and they just they can't even get it down. That's how lacking they are, because it tastes so bad. Bilt Bar tastes great. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs, but high in protein, 17 grams per bar. So, why don't you go to built.com and look at the amazing range of flavors. Plus, they're puffs. Have you tried that? Protein infused marshmallowy goodness. That is one of the sentences of the year. I'm sure Miriam Webster's is going to put it up there. Word of the year, marshmallowy. So go to built.com, use the promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order of built bars. Built bar is built, different. Back to back streams. The only team we're looking at here is the Grizz, really. They're the only ones we've got options for. So Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, Isaiah Williams. Of course, if Brandon Clark's available, if Anthony Melton's available, they're not in most spots, but if they are, they're great streams as well. If we're looking just at Saturday's action, Dwight Powell, didn't mention this before, but, Maxi um, Kleber is out. Did I even talk about the Mavericks? I feel like I didn't even talk about it. Oh, I did, yeah, talk about Spencer, didn't we? Maxi Kleber is out. Um, so, Dwight Powell's probably going to get good minutes. Really, really think that he is an interesting, interesting stream option played, what did he play last game? 33 minutes. And if you're looking for a big man who can be good at percentages, get some steals, score, rebound, there's not going to be many guys available who are better than Powell, and he's widely available. With no cleaver, he is going to get good minutes. Gary Payton's a good stream. Drew Eubanks, you can throw Trenton Watford in there as well. Jaden McDaniels, Dante DiVincenzo, Kyle Anderson, Kevon Looney, Otto Porter, maybe, if they give you more minutes. Trenton Watford, as I said. Trey Lyles, that's pretty gross, but Maybe. Deeper leagues, we're looking at Jeremy Lamb, CJ Allaby, Cody Martin, Greg Brown III, Nazareth Reed, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince, Tyus Jones, Joshy Green, Dougie McDirt, and The Undertaker, Dwayne Deadman, And then lastly, for points leagues, Beverly Clark, Dwighty Powell, again, Reggie Bullock, DeAnthony Melton, Malik Monk, Drew Eubanks, Mason Plumley, Dorian Finney Smith, and Kyle Anderson. And that. Guys will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app for here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.